Welcome to the Only Brother Sister Podcast, built for teachers, by teachers, dumplings over flowers. I'm the sister, Nicole. And I'm the brother, Izzy. And this podcast is here to take you on a backstage tour of our combined 50 years of experience teaching so that we can help you recognize and celebrate substance over appearance. Or dumplings Dumplings over over flowers. flowers. Yeah. Well, Waterman, spin the wheel. Well, hello. Hey, hello from New York. And hello from Dallas. Hey. We are in a new, uh, this is a new setting for us. It is. We're remote. We're coming to you from separate locations, which is not something we've done before for a podcast, though certainly we've sat here in these seats and worked on Zoom together for the last three years. and. Um, we've done webinars this way, but first time for the podcast. So let's go. So here we are. Yeah, let's and get it going. I'm I'm by myself, but you have a key member of the team with you. I sure do. Um, my attache is with us, Mr. Waterman. So mm. uh, let's get to it. Waterman, what's the topic for today? The pigeon or the statue? The pigeon or the statue? Okay. Huh. All right. That's a pretty famous uh, Izzy-ism. True. Or should we just say an ism? Get it? Mm, an Izzyism? Like uh, yeah. That's a pretty famous Izzyism. Uh, yeah. And it's a good one. Well, and, and it, we were using it a lot um, when when setting up um, classroom environment or more particularly with adult learning and our professional development. And um, it was became one of our norms um, just to, just to kind of come to that place of understanding that Sometimes you're the pigeon and sometimes you're the statue. And if you kind of let that sink in and realize what the meaning is, so that was us letting you sink in. I was given dramatic pause. Um, so some days, you know, the things break your way. I was going to um, interpret your, your sure meaning. Don't. I was going to use the pause. The, oh. So what did you think of it? I think some days you get pooped on. <laughs> And some days you poop on others. Yeah, that's a little bit of too little literal of an uh, analogy there. <laughs> yes. Um, well, you know, I let it sink well, in. And, unfortunately, um, I think that's something, you know, I don't know about the poop on part, but some days, you know, you you get to play from ahead and some days you, you're kind of playing from behind. And, um, and in teacher world, you know, that could very much look like um, a variety of things. And since our um, focus is, is uh, primarily towards, um, you know, working with teacher lesson planning and preparation, um, it's kind of like that moment where, you know, the best plans just kind of fall apart or you, know, you feel like you've, you've prepared something so great and so well and just didn't happen um, the way you expected yep. and, and a variety of other things. I really like when you say that actually in a workshop with adults or in a class with kids, I guess, but I've only heard it in a workshop with other adult learners mm-hmm. where you talk about that in, in the context of working from the ideal. Right. Um, I think that that's sure. something really cool that you set up um, right in the beginning of all of our workshops. You know, we really try mm-hmm. to make it clear that we should not stop ourselves 
in the process of adult learning or any kind of learning, especially in a workshop setting, we shouldn't stop ourselves from any new idea, trying in a new strategy, picturing mm -hmm. ourselves in that place where this will work just because um, we might think about, you know, this is not going to work with my kids. Well, right. you haven't seen my third period class, you know, work right. from the ideal, right? So to me, yeah. it's like always be the statue, try to be the well, statue. Absolutely. And, and I think that speaks to um, the ability, let's call it, uh, to take risks, uh -huh. um, to, you know, the, the, I used the word ability on purpose because it, it's kind of a, a skill that gets developed over time as you develop other skills like confidence and uh, either self-confidence or just coming to a complete understanding that sometimes things are just not going to work. And, um, but you start with the ideal. Here's what it's supposed to look like. Here's what it's supposed to sound like. Here's what it's supposed to feel like. Here's the intentional outcome. Um, and now I have something to at least, um, evaluate my choices over or to even, um, provide myself some feedback or pull in some others, you know, and ask for their feedback and, and, uh, including the kids and including the students that you're working with, um, that, that you can kind of say, okay, you know, were we the pigeon or the statue today? Did this thing work or did uh, did, did it kind of go uh, in the a wrong direction? That's really cool. And it's, um, I can't imagine you're not going to get poop jokes if you do that. Well, I mean, of course. You know. So there's that. <clears throat> yeah. But work with it. Yeah. I'd say work with it. Yeah. Well, we don't have to only use that analogy um, and that, that, that idea. But uh, for our audience, we're sure gonna. So uh, what's your best poop joke? I'm just kidding. Um, oh my gosh. I was <laughs> I was about to shine yeah. here. Well, you have a seven-year-old son, so I'm sure that you got uh, jokes we're aplenty. We're peak poop time. There, there yeah. aren't really jokes. It's just replacing words. It's like the smurf sure. effect. Mm -hmm. Like I smurfed mm -hmm. this and yeah. let's well, you're do the smurf in the smurf. Sure. I yeah. don't know. There was a reboot. It could be the 90s, early 2000s. I true. Okay, still but, dating. You know, everything is just, every mm -hmm. song, lyric, every everything, mm -hmm. you know. You know how it goes. Yeah. Oh, I do. So, all right, let's take this into an instructional context. And, yeah. Um, and really into that risk-taking um, idea in terms of in the classroom for students and where that all begins, let's say. Um, yeah, how so, do you create a safe space for that to take place? How do you right. create the courtyard right. where both of those things exist? Um, if you're asking, I would say I'm that the, uh, yeah, that the start of that is the vulnerability of being a high-quality teacher and a high-impact teacher. It, it takes that vulnerability, that empathy. But the yeah. vulnerability piece is to say, hey, um, maybe it's the scenario I mentioned already, which is like a, a, a new strategy or a, an idea that you had that you're willing to take the risk, but you include the students in that risk. And, um, and that's a tough place to be because, um, you know, my image of teacher was the person that was always in control, always had it together. You know, I felt like that was the, that was my role, um, as a young teacher. And as I got older, I realized that, relinquishing that control is not losing the students. It's actually bringing them in. It's empowering. And, um, 
Yeah, big time. And the more I, I kind of let them know that, hey, I'm trying something new here. I hope it doesn't go to poop, but um, there's a chance it might. Pigeon poop. So, yeah. So there's a, you know, there's that give and take and um, we let them in on the process. I think that's the first place where we can build their risk taking is to show them ours. Um, and I think that's a real important step in the process. I think I would um, either add to or just ask you what you think about the idea of taking that risk. Again, we've said this before on a previous episode too, that when it comes to trying new things, you sh kind of right. shouldn't try a new strategy at the same time you're trying well, out new, new content, content. et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe in this case, I'd say this relates more to trying strategies than introducing yeah. new content. Because we're not going to yeah. say, hey, guys, you know, you don't know about uh, the Civil War yet, so I'm going to take a risk and tell you all about it. Right. Um, well, we, we might. So really, it, it's, it's more about um, entering the kids into the content. And when that happens um, it, and it gives them voice, I think that what I'm kind of thinking about from the student perspective, because from the teacher perspective, you're right, it's something that you can you can break down some of those walls by just showing your that you're vulnerable and that you're willing to take a risk right. and and kind of model that. But on a daily basis, um, I think that to me goes towards like that that content entry piece and just involving the students in the conversation more so that they can ask better questions, take the risks that are necessary for them to develop and internalize their own meaning and start um, asking and, and, you know, responding maybe to peers in a, in a much more, um, let's call it intelligent way. Um, and, a, and, a, and a kind of a, a way to maybe, dig down. I, I'm going to say maybe thoughtful or considered yeah. way, okay. right? Like sure. maybe not yes. intelligent way. But, well, well, I think all those things kind of equal that. Well, sure. you know, in terms of building up your, your intelligence, if you will, or mm -hmm. deepening your understanding, you're going to have to ask uh, deeper questions, more questions. And when students are asking questions of each other, um, that's a real vulnerable place. That's a real risk-taking place. And um, and I think to kind of foster that um, opportunity and, and create some space for that on a daily basis on an, in an intentional level is is a place to really kind of build those skills in students. I would agree, obviously, because I always agree with you. Yeah, I was going to say, not so obvious, <laughs> but okay. I would agree. Um, I also really love the idea of embodying the loser sometimes and okay. embodying the winner sometimes. So one How of the that, things- What does that look like? Uh, that looks like being the pigeon or being the statue, right? But right. in but a in practical time, way. Right, but in real time, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that I learned from- uh, Lauren Esposito, my colleague and friend from way back, yeah. she she does a lot of work with improv and the way that mm -hmm. improv um, can empower teachers specifically to teach writing. So okay. one of her exercises that she does um, is the most famous improv phrase that you can ever say, which is yes and. Uh, mm -hmm. The only rule of improv is that you're agreeable and that you don't shut down whatever they're trying to do in the scene. Instead, you go, yes. And so if you say, oh, my gosh, somebody just came in the bank to rob it. I don't go, 
well, we're in a supermarket, so how do you know that? You know, I say right. yes, and he's got a gun, you know, yeah. and you build the scene that way, right? So one of the ways that she showed me how to teach argument was yes and. So mm. we give kids a place to embody those two roles. And in mm. that case, it's like two stances of an argument. Mm -hmm. So one of the exercises mm -hmm. would be, mm -hmm. you know, um, <laughs> well, do we need that. No, sorry. It's just to, there doesn't seem in our students world right now, a little commercial break. Um, there doesn't seem to be two stances on anything. Um, or if they are, they're just so polar opposite that it's that it's a, an actual fight versus a, a reasoned right. um, argument. So well, that's sorry, the thing. I mean, it's just, mm -hmm. yeah, it's unprecedented, just unfounded. It doesn't matter. It's just opinion flinging and then shutting right. down, right? So so I think if we can think about the one of the practical ways that I thought of when you said, you know, how can we create a learning environment that allows kids to feel what it's like to be the pigeon and the statue or adults, right. I thought of right. that yes and activity pretty instantly mm -hmm. because the idea and the the thing that I've seen her do with, with students and with teachers is to say, um, okay, let's do a low stakes. Again, nothing high stakes with a new strategy, right? Let's do a mm -hmm. low stakes position on you're writing a letter to the principal and you're trying to convince the principal uh, that we should have school all year. Or we should just have school, you know, on our normal schedule. So right. they pick a stance and they brainstorm using that yes and. So if your stance right now, what would you vote for if I asked you if you wanted school year round, but shorter days, let's say? Yes. Yeah. More more uh, high quality use of time. Um, so maybe you'd want a, a year round school? A four day week for year and year round. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. So Izzy, why is that a good idea? Well, I think that it it maximizes the amount of of time we can spend doing quality work, and it minimizes the amount of gaps that we have in um, in taking breaks and not really keeping the coherence of of year to year to go going. So, if we were bearing this out and brainstorming, I would say yes, and yep, you know, teachers won't be so burned out because you know they have more evenly spaced workloads. Sure, and you would week, say and every week. Yes, and mm -hmm. and all those great reasons, right? We'll so enjoy after... the holidays still because they won't lose them. Sorry, go on. <laughs> yes, and my guess. Yes, but... and they will get paid a little more because they'll have more contact time with students. Yes, and the consistency will lead to better performance, yes. right? Now, and... oh, sorry. If we carry out the rest of this, it's now we're going to embody the other side. So, um, dear Principal Mazzola, we should keep the regular school year the way it is because I'll start our brainstorm because teachers really value that family time where they can take long vacations in the summer. Yes. And it really helps with work-life balance, not just for vacations and families, but also, um, you know, in that summertime when it's a little more me time. Yes, and that's what we're used to, and it changes really hard. Yes, and a lot of teachers work, you know, kind of a secondary job in the summers and do coaching and camps, and, you know, they would have yes. to really alter those schedules, and maybe they were making some big impact during those times. Yes, 
And like this. maybe they're helping other kids, right? Yeah, it's a really great method. Lauren's a genius. Um, Love it. And... Yes, Lauren's a genius, and <laughs> and <laughs> I hope we should have her on the. Lauren, I love you. Yeah, um, we should have her on the podcast soon. Um, we should. We really well, anybody should. But that this we is randomly what I think reference, of. I think, should come on. But go on. Oh, okay, so so far we got Lauren, and we got Principal Mazzola. You said Mazzola. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are real people. <laughs> um, but this is what I think of when I think about embodying or really trying out being both sides of anything. It's Mm -hmm. how do you do that in a genuine way? Like really be invested. You know, you didn't, you wanted year round school, but you just brainstormed with me great reasons. I don't know Mm -hmm. how many, three or four great reasons that we should keep school days the way that they are. You really embodied that other stance, right? So Peter Elbow, who is a fantastic writing teacher, researcher, everybody should read his book. Waterman book Plural. elbow. For, oh, for the, that for, would be a get. That keep would name dropping, get. and we keep uh, having to add to our list. But go on. But he famously calls that the the doubting game and the believing game. That when we are you know reading an argument or thinking about how to craft an argument, we really have to play that right. believing game, and we have to play mm-hmm, the doubting mm-hmm, game. Mm-hmm, we have mm-hmm. to do both. And as you alluded to, especially now in our society and climate and um atmosphere i guess um politically charged you know um atmosphere uh, that that permeates every area Mm -hmm. of life and sometimes starts at school or starts at a board meeting or starts at wherever um we need to be teaching those skills more and more to be the pigeon and the statue right yeah because sometimes you're mm -hmm. one or the other but you need to understand the perspective and viewpoints of both. Yep, love that. <laughs> love that. So um, one of the things that, and I alluded to the idea of entry um, and entry into the content because I do see, I mean, actually help me make sure that that I'm on the right track here because I like your direction um, in terms of kind of embodying both sides uh, of something. Um, I think it's just I really- see- I think it's really, uh, I want to say, like, humane. I think it's really mm-hmm. just a good thing to do. Well, yeah. But, edu- you know, in- instructionally now, if we're going to drill down into, like, instructional behaviors, instructional practice, um, which is really the the dumpling over the flower, um, how do we kind of translate this into um, an everyday approach to giving kids voice and that's where I see the both sides come in, because if mm-hmm. you if you can create a, um, a not a low stakes even just just if you can create a learning environment or an atmosphere where um, communal and you know the the conversational discourse and the way that students are asking and talking to each other on a daily basis is already established, then as you introduce topics that might be a little more charged, you can still have a foundation by which they can have a voice and listen to the opinion and voices of others that might even be different from theirs. Mm -hmm. But see, Mm -hmm. uh, right now, what you don't realize is that that to me always sounds very very social-emotional driven, very humanities-driven, very English-driven. You talked about argumentative, but I'm going to mathify this thing right now and say that even in our STEM and STEAM classes, 
um, or a math class, um, there's a way to give voice to both sides of a topic. And that is one of the most important pieces because if we really want to drill down and talk about like student gains, student achievement, when you have somebody consider similarities and differences, you're having them um, really there's a, a 40% increase on standardized testing because that's how According. standardized tests are um, measuring mastery. And this according to Robert Marzano, another guest coming up on our podcast in a few weeks once we figure out how to finally actually speak to him and then book him and talk to him. And I was just kidding about a couple of weeks. We'll see. Um, but to, anyway. to really un yeah, to really understand similarities and differences uh, around the topic is a critically important high function, um, you know, high caliber functional skill uh, for students, particularly in math, because yeah. you're you're talking about uh, being able to kind of know what is and what isn't. And we think about vocabulary now, and we talk about like a Freyer model, an example, a non-example, right. right? So every day when we talk about content entry, um, you know, we at Mosaic Instructional Planning work with using multiple entry points by which students can access the content conversation. And I feel like it, it fits exactly into this conversation here today. Yeah, I feel like um, that too. Yeah, and and really kind of helps students to, one, find their voice, um, gives teachers an opportunity to make sure that they're considering every student in the room and giving and, and giving an opportunity for them to have a voice in the conversation. And then three, uh, allowing for the peer-to-peer the -peer interactions that would take place that would rec represent that vulnerability, that, that discussion, those techniques to, to really kind of flesh out something and and not just take on one position or think you're right all the time and all that stuff, sort of stuff. So, um, you know, I yeah, kind of I, expound I on that in your world. I agree. And I think that you're right to say that it has a definite place in our entry point into content conversations. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we need to go into multiple entry point lesson starters in a whole other podcast. But for yeah. now... No, this is just a good precursor, sure. If you'd like to learn more about multiple entry point lesson starters, <laughs> as well as ways you can design really carefully considered construction of your lessons, um, you could visit us at mosaicip.com and check out Mosaic Instructional Planning, a lesson planning platform that will give you the support, resources, and training you need to design your best lesson to have your best day. Also go. for now, I know, uh, also That's for good. now, I do think um, that something that we could take away and kind of practice, mm -hmm. you know, instantly, I, I really encourage everybody, whatever class you're in, to try the yes and activity. So I'm thinking about, Izzy, when you tell, when I hear you coach math teachers and mm -hmm. you tell them to give kids as an entry point, um, the a list of, you know, possible answer or, or like give the answer and let them find the possible mm -hmm. questions that could sure. be asked to get to the answer. I think about that. Um, I think about the Jeopardy the, approach, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the Jeopardy mm -hmm. approach. I think about when you tell teachers to make sure that they're pointing out the common incorrect ways to solve something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the, mm -hmm. in, the wrong, you know, the common pitfalls on the way to sure. solving a problem. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that those can all be yes and conversations 
mm-hmm. if not in practice, then definitely in theory, sure. right? Like, sure. Um, but I yeah, think any, it's also anything important. Anything that represents a structure, sure. Sorry, go ahead. It's okay. It's important to bring in the viewpoint then of the pigeon and the statue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? and, absolutely. And and the fact that there's not only one way to get to a solution or to right. the, um, the determination of an opinion. Um, or, you know, a more well-informed opinion is going to have multiple pathways and a, and a better understanding of a solution that doesn't just exist in one space, but exists in all spaces is to have multiple uh, solution pathways. So that's kind of the next phase of that. But in but really, you can kind of keep it in that space where you start by looking at the if, you know, yes and, yes and. Um, it's almost like an if-then statement or even the yeah. sense of, of a um, a way to categorize a um, a proof of something. You're developing mm-hmm. the concept. Um, so any kind of concept oh, development I love is, is going to yeah, it's going to work through that filter. Um, yes, and then um, and and if there's a place where it doesn't feel right, or there was a, a curve in the road that didn't take, you know, you became the statue. Um, let's <laughs> say, and in, in our scenario. Um, then, then you can get correction. You know, you can always get kind of cleaned off and um, and get get back up. Um, so, I love that. I also love this. So, what, what do you think about t-shirts? And one side is mm. a pigeon, and one side is a statue. Huh? I think we need pigeon and statue gear, <laughs> a bag, okay. something. Okay. Uh, yeah. Or like uh, a reversible shirt. You could say today. I feel like a Pigeon today, uh-huh, I feel like uh-huh, a statue. Uh-huh. Hats. That's that, sure. I mean, go crazy. Let's get Waterman on it. Um, go if you crazy. Get, okay. You know, you get the shirt. I like the shirt front and back idea. Um, what would know, be on the front? The pigeon or the be. statue? Uh, the pigeon. You know, really? The pigeon. I'd want yeah, the statue on the front. I'd want I the statue on the front. Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. So well, maybe you, you could pick. You could pick which one you want on the front. That's right. And um, and then at our next workshops, you can wear the pigeon on the front and I'll wear – or the statue and I'll wear the pigeon. Hi, All Thor. Right. Yeah. So that's another fun part about being at home, huh? Um, so in closing, let's kind of put a bow on this thing. Um, the pigeon and the statue is a concept that we use when we're talking about norming our workshops, but we also then extend that into the vulnerability conversation with students, the 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 modeling of that vulnerability um, as a teacher when I'm working with uh, strategies or I'm trying a new thought or a new thing with students, I'm going to kind of let them in on the process, let them know that, you know, hey, this might turn out you know, exactly as I expected, it might not, but that's, that's learning. And we're all learning. I'm learning how to do this better as a teacher. I'm learning how to serve you guys better. I'm learning how to create better and different experiences. And likewise, I'm expecting from my students, you, the, the viewers in this case, or you, the, the, um, hypothetical kids that I'm looking at right now. And I'm thinking I'm about providing you those, pigeons to, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, I'm expecting, I'm creating those opportunities for you also to kind of live in that, um, that state of vulnerability and ask the kind of questions that are going to lead to deeper understandings. And then I'm going to use my yes. And to kind of build both sides of an, of an argument or really kind of, I would like to say it like this surround a concept 
mm-hmm. whether it's vocabulary or whether it's um, mm-hmm. a concept in math or it's a concept that, you know, in, in sciences or any which way and any content surround that concept with the, the kind of the two directions at least of, of here's one, you know, misconception, here's what the expectation is and so on. And, um, and so then most of the time in that case and in that scenario, you find yourself to be on top and not working from behind. And, um, and it's a great life lesson for the kids while they develop their understanding of the content. Well, that sounds like a really nice bow to me. I feel like right. on uh, our remote version of our podcast, we're very serious. Sure. I don't know. You we're very felt focused. Very serious. I like you, it. No, I just feel went, very focused. You know, we're we're 28 minutes in, and you had at least a reference to poop joke a few times. So that's true. I don't know that about that's that's not a high percentage. Of Ooh, focus it's still us. Okay, okay. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Well, until next time. All um, right. Remember, always, always choose, choose dumplings over flowers. Mm.